Welcome to the Shameless Picture Show Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Richards. Uh, this week, I'm pulling another solo episode, as Michael couldn't attend today for our planned episode of uh, Dirty Harry. So that'll be coming to you in two weeks, uh, which I'm rather excited about. Um, but Michael asked me to, to do a solo episode today. Um, and as awkward as it is for me to just talk at you for an extended period of time, because who the fuck wants to listen to that? Um, I, I'm happy to oblige for those that give a shit. Um, today, I thought I would talk about soundtracks. Um, it's something that we haven't talked about a whole lot on the show, and something that, you know, I've I have a bit of a music background, though uh, I'm far from a qualified musician, but uh, I've been around it enough to know what I like and know what I don't like. Um, so today I've put together a list of five soundtrack pieces that have stuck with me over the years. Um, this is by no means an exhaustive or comprehensive list. It's not my top five best soundtrack tracks of all time. Uh, that's, that is so overwhelming a task that I couldn't put, I'm, I'm not going to dare try and put that together. Um, so this is a list of tracks from movies that, that just stuck with me. They, they, bounce through my head years after I saw the film that they were in, or if it's a film that I come back to, it it always resonates with me. Um, after I put my list together, I realized that these five songs are all fall into one of two categories. Either they're over-the-top, saccharine, like, positive, happy, or they are dark, gloomy, depressing, like, ominous. It, there's no, apparently, no middle ground for me. So that's what you can expect. Um, and given that I don't have anyone to banter nonsensically with, uh, we'll jump right into it. Uh, the first soundtrack piece that immediately jumped into my head when uh, I came up with this concept, is from the 1999 film Ravenous. Um, Ravenous is a very moody, it's described as a horror comedy, um, though, like, I, I would never pitch it to anyone as a comedy. There's, there's certainly some lighter elements, and it it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's all drama for me. Uh, it's 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 a it's a grind to to watch this movie. Um, I definitely recommend it if you have not seen it. It's one that every time I I watch it, I like I forget how good it is. I know that I like the film, but every time I watch it, I'm like, ah, oh, god damn, that's a good movie. And uh, that is in no small part because of the soundtrack. It is really unique. It has like an, an interesting mix of... Uh, it, it has some folk elements to it. There's banjo, and but it's really disjointed and dark. Uh, the track 
that I want to point out specifically are the end title, or the, the track called End Titles, which obviously comes into play at the end of the film. Um, uh, the soundtrack is credited to Damon Auburn and Michael Nyman, uh, though I've, from what I've read, the two didn't collaborate on any of the tracks. They, it, each one provided some of them, and I don't know which one did the end titles track. Um, the soundtrack was nominated for a Satellite Award for Best Original Score, and uh, if you if you listen to the score, you'll get why that is. It's really compelling.
next track that I came up with is, it, it's not as dark and driving, but definitely moody. Um, comes from a, a film that is kind of depressing in more of a, you know, examination of relationships in, in a really fascinating way. And that's the 2004 film, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, I believe the, the track I'm referring to is simply called Theme. Uh, composed by John, I, I'm not sure if it's pronounced John Bryan or John Brian. I would guess Brian. Um, and it's so, it, it, this is another one where the soundtrack isn't just a companion piece. It really helps tell the story and sets the mood in a way that a lot of soundtracks don't quite get there. You know, they, they work just fine. Um, but when I walk away from watching Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, that soundtrack and the score stick with me um, and, and color the way that I look at the world, which in this case is depressing and contemplative, but, um, but it, it's a testament to how good the soundtrack is. So then we're going to jump on the other side of the spectrum. Um, th those were two of my depressing ones. There's still, don't worry, there's still one more super depressing song coming. Uh, but this is the super happy track that um, um, that I wanted to share. And again, this, this, this is no means a, uh, my top five list. I don't think that, that, I know that there are better songs out there, but this is more about what sticks with me. And one that has always stuck with me is from the 2011 film The Muppets. Lots of great Muppet films. 
but uh, the track Life's a Happy Song. And nothing can put you in a good mood better than this song. Uh, written by Brett McKenzie, who is one of the founding members of Flight of the Concords. Um, and you can feel that that smart, really smart silliness from Flight of the Concords in this song. Um, performed by Jason Siegel, and as well as uh, the other uh, major pieces of the cast. Um, there, there's one bit that really, like, where the Flight of the Concords bit really pops through for me, and that's um, when they're doing the life is a this uh, with someone to see and someone to saw, and it's that question-answer bit where they're talking about all the different things that life is, so long as you have somebody to share that with, and, and it, example after example, and then they go, life is a fillet of fish, and they just pause and kind of look at each other, and yes, it is that that non-answer that is is the kind of comedy that I fell in love with with Flight of the Concords, and that this film also shares because Brett McKenzie did so much of the writing. Everything is great, everything is grand. I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand. Everything is perfect, it's falling into place. I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face. Life's a happy song, and there's someone by my side to sing along. When you're alone, life can be a little rough. Makes you feel like you're three foot tall When it's just you, well times can be tough When there's no one there to catch your fall Everything is great, everything is grand I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand Everything is perfect, it's falling into place I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face Life smells like a rose With someone to paint with someone to pose Life's a piece of cake With someone to pedal someone to break Life is full of glee With someone to saw with someone to see Life's a happy song When there's someone by my side to sing along I've got everything that I need Right in front of me Nothing's stopping me Nothing I can't be with you right here next to me. Life's a piece of cake with someone to give and someone heavy to cake. Life's a piece of pie with someone to wash and someone, someone to drive. Life's an easy road with someone beside you to share the load. Life is full of highs with someone to stir and someone to fry. Life's a leg of lamb with someone there to lend a hand. Life's a bunch of flowers with someone to while away the hours. Life's a fillet of fish. Super depressing side of the spectrum. Um, 
which surprisingly is going to come from the 1987 film The Brave Little Toaster. Now, if any of you have kept up with the show, you know that I am a huge fan of uh, animated films uh, geared towards children, uh, you know, my generation. This is right in that pocket. I would have been five when this film came out. Um, but all of the uh, animated films that I gravitate to tend to have really dark sides to them, which I didn't realize as a kid. So, uh, The Last Unicorn, or The Black Cauldron, or um, uh, The Phantom Tollbooth. Uh, all of these films have these really dark elements, and they're really... Uh, they, they dive into um, really adult concepts. Um that as an adult, I, I watch these films again, and I'm like, damn, that is dark and deep, and, and I still get a lot out of it to this day. So there are a lot of hopeful and light songs in this film, but this is one of probably the darkest tracks in any Disney film, and that is worthless. Uh, the, the scene that it's playing in, is there all of the 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 cast is at a junkyard and this big magnet is picking up these cars to drop them into a crusher and the cars are singing basically like who they used to be uh but and and the the refrain is well now we're just worthless so there's one where the, the cars... I, I used to be in the Indy 500. I used to be a big deal. But now I'm just junk that's about to be put down. It's creepy and unsettling. Um, a lot of the soundtrack to the Brave Little Toaster has that, like, late 80s synth pop vibe to it. Uh, you know, uh, that kind of 80s electronica vibe, which is cool and moody. Uh, it... it gives it a really unique flavor, uh, but Worthless has more of a traditional, like, Americana road trip tone to it uh, that, like, I could see coming out of the 50s or 60s that um, kind of differentiates it from a lot of the other tracks. I can't take this kind of pressure I must confess one more dusty road would be just a road too long to get started Don't have the heart to live in the fast lane All that is past and gone And there ain't nothing you can do about it Hurt me while I burn it
Who would believe they would love me and leave on a bus back to World Cafe? Once in the near mission, I took the kids on the skids with the hope he was happy till I heard him say, So uh, my fifth one that I'm going to share with you is um, from the 1971 film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, a lot of great songs from that soundtrack. I really love when he's in the boat. Uh, um, There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. That super creepy one. But uh, this I'm going to take the hopeful side of this movie with a lot of dark parts, and that's with uh, Pure Imagination. Uh, it's credited uh, with being written by Anthony Newley and Leslie Brickuse. Brickuse? No idea how to pronounce that. Um, and is performed by Gene Wilder. And whenever... I'm either feeling particularly creative or particularly creatively tapped. This is a song that pops into my head. And that reminds me that everything in the world can be uh, inspiration, that everything in the world can, can trigger creativity. Everything can be a catalyst for creating something new. Um, Seeing the world through Willy Wonka's eyes in that scene is, is really cool. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll be 
begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation what we'll see will defy explanation if you want to view paradise simply look around and view it anything you want to do it want to change the world there's nothing to it hurry up pilot this way grandpa no life I know to compare with pure imagination living there you'll be free if you truly wish to be One thing, uh, I'll, I'll treat this as kind of maybe an honorable mention. I had mentioned Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and um, Beck's track, Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime, is another one that just beautifully sets the mood for that film that uh, I would recommend you checking out. Uh, so that's that's the list. I would love to know what score and soundtrack pieces have really connected with you. Uh, give me something to listen to. Give me some. Give me a movie to watch where the soundtrack inspired you or connected with you. Something that you noticed. Um, the other thing uh, that I'd like to talk about is, you know, lately I have been fortunate to get back to the theater on occasion. And most recently, I um, was able to go out on a date with my wife, and we went and saw 
uh, Star Wars Episode Eight, uh, which, uh, like any film with a dedicated fanboy and fangirl, fan person base, um, I heard a lot of very strong opinions uh, before going into it. Uh, I'm not one that worries about spoilers because, quite frankly, it's rarely the reveal that makes a movie worth watching for me. But um, so, so I knew some of the some of the major spoilers going into it. I knew that a lot of people were disappointed with many elements of the film, and I gotta say, I I really enjoyed it. I loved it. All the things that bothered people that that I had heard bothered people didn't bother me. And I, I think this goes back to a conversation that Michael and I had um, about remakes and, and reboots where people's expectations set themselves up to be disappointed. I think if these films got released in a different order, but, you know, say people fell in love with episode one, two, and three, and then seven and eight came out, and then four, five, and six came out, like, I would love to see those same people's reaction to episode four. The one that everybody fell in love with that set this franchise up that people hold in such high regard, they don't hold that film up to the same standard because that one set the standard, those four, five, and six. You know, you, you hear that, well, four, five, and six were great. Seven and eight aren't four, five, and six. Well, you're not, <laughs> you would never put any of the, nobody would ever look at Empire through the same lens that they're watching episode eight through. And that's something to keep in mind as you're watching these new films put out um, for franchises that you love. You get really strong opinions about what you want to see and what you expect out of these stories. It, if at all possible, you, I think you will enjoy your experience more and enjoy the storytelling more the more you can try and keep that in check and say, I'm going to sit back and enjoy the story, see where they take it. And, you know, as then in the future, start to, if you need to break it down, break it down. Uh, if, you, if you need to criticize it, I'm not saying any of those films are beyond uh, criticizing. But don't set yourself up to be disappointed because of your own expectations. That's my two cents. I really enjoyed the film. I'm looking forward to episode nine uh, when it comes out in 3000 and whatever. Um, but uh, it's, it's nice to see the Star Wars franchise going back to telling stories about a handful of individuals rather than this broader universe that never really gets down to the individual stories. That was some of the, one of the problems that I had with 1, 2, and 3. Um, so, great job to all those involved. And uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, looking forward to our upcoming Dirty Harry episode. We actually have quite a few episodes planned. Um, we've 
usually we kind of one at a time it, but we've got a backlog of stuff that we're really excited about. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We've we've made it over the one year mark. We're making real. Uh, we have momentum. I feel like, and that's exciting. And that's all because you guys keep listening. So keep it up, and I'll keep it up. I'm doing it for you. It's all for you, Damien.